Good morning again. Thank you. Hey, this last week, my parents celebrated their 59th wedding anniversary. <laughs> so they're making it through. She hasn't killed him yet, so it's good news. You know, we just want to honor them. You know, they, they pastored here at the City Church 20 years uh, before I took over from them 13 years ago. And this church would not be here if it wasn't for them. So we want to give honor to who honor is due. So I thank God for my parents and who they are to us. And one other thing, I just want to reiterate uh, some of what Michael said there about our city team. One of the things that you love about our church is the city team. That they come every week and they serve and they bless and they prepare and they do all of the things online and in the room for our services. And, you know, a bunch of you are, are a part of our city team and you haven't come back yet. And we just say, you know, come on home. Be part of the city team. And then also for those of you that are maybe new to the city church, maybe you joined us online or you're kind of new to what we're doing. You know, the city team is not a closed group. We invite you in. Uh, it, it'd be a great opportunity for you to serve as we move here into two uh, in-person gatherings. We, know we need more people to do what we're doing here in the room. So for those of you that are, have been a part of our team, we want you to re-up and come on back on part of the team. And then maybe if you are new, we'd love for you to join. And there's, there's places for all different personality types. You know, if you are... Um, Somebody quieter behind the scenes. We have a lot of technology that we are running, and we would love for you to be part of that. Other places for you to serve. Once again, kids reopening here in a couple weeks, and so there's just a lot of places to serve, to love the people that are coming to church, and to love our city. So let me encourage you to sign up for that. If you can just um, online, you can find out more about the city team, and then also if you uh, connect with Julianne, she will give you some details and her email address, so you can email her. She's busy on Sunday. I I don't want to make her busy on, her, on Sunday, but if you want to connect with her, she will be love. She will love to get you on the team. All right, we are starting a brand new series today called All Together, and our mission statement here at the City Church is moving people closer to Jesus, which is just a shorter way of saying the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is all about. Uh, having people who are far from God, who don't have a relationship with God, taking that step to say yes to Jesus. And then for those people that have said yes to Jesus, what we want to do is we want to move forward in discipleship more and more close to the Lord every day, growing an understanding of who he is, what he's called us to do. So everything that we do, we want to move people closer to Jesus. So our last series, Refresh, we talked about you know, having the Holy Spirit refresh our lives and fill us up. And one of the purposes for that is for us to live out who God called us to be. So God doesn't fill us up with his spirit for no purpose, for no reason, but he actually wants us to live out in our daily lives who God has created to be, who he's, uh, his spirit on the inside of us so that we can be a blessing to other people. And this series is all about that, all about relationships, living out the kingdom of God, um, through our lives, through our collective lives, and it's something that God has called us to do, that we would do this all together. See, we all have a longing for relationship, and, you know, if you've been paying attention to yourself the last, you know, many months, one of the things that we've missed out a lot on is just relationships, just being together with people. And we can see the tactics of the enemy. The tactics of the enemy are to get us to not want to be with people. And to be afraid of people. And oh my gosh, people. And what about the people? And God has actually 
calling us to be together. The gospel bringing people together, people of all nations together. And there's something amazing that happens when we get together. See, we see right back from the original creation. Adam had this longing. He was looking, you know, for a spouse, and he didn't find a spouse in any of the animals. He didn't. And the scripture says it's not good for man to be alone. And this was pre the fall. This was pre sin. That this longing for relationship is part of the human experience. That God, this is a good longing to have. We shouldn't be without friends. We shouldn't be living life all on our own. We are saved as individual Christ followers, but then God calls us into the family of God. God calls us into the church to be part of a local body. And like I just said a few minutes ago, a local body is just a big family. That we would hang out with our family, that we would learn to grow in relationships all together. And see, the reality is, you never did anything successfully alone. Even if you play individual sports, and you maybe beat some of your friends at golf. You didn't get good at golf just on your own. Somebody taught you how to play golf and somebody mentored you and showed you how to do something. And so you never did anything great on your own. And then when you did something great, when you accomplished something, what do you want to do? You want to tell somebody. You want to call somebody. You want to text somebody. You want to tweet it out. You want to put it on Instagram. Why? Because you want to share that with other people. You don't want to be alone. Even the introverts don't actually want to be alone all the time. You kind of want to be in the room. You just want to be in a room with a bunch of people and you want them to leave you alone. But you don't want to be alone all the time either. God has created us with this need for connection. And that is one of our core values here at the City Church, connection. And it's such a wonderful thing to be connected to the family of God. And like I said, the circumstances over these last many months have probably caused us to create distance with one, with one another for various reasons, as we know about. But we don't want to be distant from people relationally. So I actually have a challenge for you within the context of this All Together series. And then I would love for you, we, you know, we're, we're launching groups again um, in a couple weeks, and that goes without saying groups are great for you just to get in relationships and move forward in your relationship with God and one another and with Jesus. But then I have something I want you to do sometime over the next four weeks. Somebody that you know here at the church that maybe you haven't been able to spend time with, obviously, for the last little while, reach out to them, have a coffee with them. Now, I'm not saying you have to spend four hours with them. You have to spend all day with them, but get together, actually together. Don't Zoom. Get together outside, have a picnic, go to a coffee shop, go inside of a restaurant and just find out how they are doing. Because this is what God has called us to do. God has called us into relationship. Maybe there's somebody you haven't seen for a while. You think, I wonder how they're doing. Text them, reach out, say, hey, let's get together. Will you take the challenge with me? All right, let's take that challenge. Somebody that we haven't gotten with, let's get together with them over the next four weeks. We, we can't do anything successful alone. We can't fully grow alone. We can't love alone. We have to love people. Jesus has called us to serve, and who will we serve? We need to serve other people. 
to have joy, to laugh, to be generous. All of these things have to be done in the context of relationship. This is what God is calling us to. We can't take relationships lightly. We have to be intentional because, again, the enemy's tactic is to pull people apart. The kingdom of God is all about unity. It's all about being together. It's all about loving each other and serving each other. So we have to fight on purpose the tactics of the enemy to separate us, to cause us to be disunified, cause us to be distant. We need to get close to one another. So I, I, I invite you, man, take the plunge. You've got to take the plunge into relationships, friendships, but then you have to maintain them. There, there's uh, a, an element of time necessary to grow relationships. And that's what we're always saying about our, our city groups. We're just creating an environment for relationships to grow. Automatically, you're not going to have a really good, long-lasting friendship with somebody day one, but groups create that environment. And you can talk, and then you can talk again, and then you can get together again. And I know it's risky. It's risky to be in friendships. Has anyone ever been hurt in the context of a friendship? Has anyone ever been betrayed? Has anyone ever been lied about? Now, all of what I just said, I know to be true. And listen, all of those things that happened to me, none of them happened through atheists. They were all from fellow believers. And so we, I'm like, I don't, know if I, I don't know if I want to get back in the game because I've been betrayed, I've been lied about, I've been hurt, all these things have happened. And so many people opt out of Christian relationships just to opt in other negative relationships. But I won't get on that this morning. But just because something bad has happened to us in the context of relationship, and we have to take that risk because all of the things that Jesus has called us to do as followers of himself, we can't do that alone. We can't do that without other friends to love and serve and be generous with. So we've got to take that risk. And then we've got to maintain uh, good relationships. And so we know this. And this was something that I saw as a youth pastor. I used pastor for many years. That your friends actually shape you. So, you know, I would have, you know, kids that they would go through a whole, um, you know, season of ministry as as a youth pastor, and then I would see them at a certain age, and they'd be so sweet and amazing, and they would love to be at church, and then, you know, school started again, and then I didn't see them maybe for a couple weeks, and they showed back up, and they were different. And it wasn't that the Holy Spirit had transformed them. Their new friends at school had all of a sudden transformed them, and they had started to act different and had different attitudes. Why? Because of the people that we were hanging out. Now, we can look down our nose at teenagers, but we as adults are exactly the same. I have some friends on Instagram and Facebook that grew up in the church, and they had a certain type of friends, and they followed after Jesus. Now they have a whole other set of friends, and they are completely different. Pray for them, love them, but your friends will shape your life. So we need to choose our friends wisely. And see, we, as the body of Christ, we have this tremendous foundation of good friendship. You know, the word, we see the, this word over and over again in the New Testament, fellowship. This is something the New Testament church did. The, the scripture talks about we have fellowship with God, and then we have fellowship with each other. And the word fellowship just means sharing in common. 
And for those of us that are followers of Jesus, we have the main thing in common, that we are following after Jesus. We are trusting Jesus for our now and for our eternity. So our foundation is the same. So potentially, we can have really good, strong friendships if we take the risk, if we dive in, if we take the time. And some of you might think, you know, here today, like, President, this is all great, and these are all great verses and thoughts, but I don't need any new friends. You know, I'm too old now. I'm not interested in growing any new relationships. What I would say to you is maybe do it for somebody else. Maybe you don't need any new friends, and you're chock full of good, healthy relationships, but somebody else needs you. Somebody else needs you as a friend that you can influence them and you can help them to follow Jesus and understand life and how to navigate a bunch of things. So I encourage you to dive back into friendship. See, again, potentially, as Christ followers, we have this wonderful family of God, and I love the church. I really do love the church. One of the great things I love about the church is that I can go travel somewhere else and get in a room with a bunch of other believers I'm like, this is my family. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I got to travel with my daughters a little while ago. We got to go down into another church. And I just walked into another room. And it's like, this is family. Look at all these people lifting up the name of Jesus. This is my family. These are my people. Now, just because your friend family was somebody doesn't automatically mean that you're friends with them. Can I get an amen? You've got cousins that you're family with that you have no desire to be friends with, right? So we need to choose our friends wisely, but again, in the context of the local church, and we're moving in the same direction, we're moving our lives, we're moving our marriages, we're, we're raising our children a certain way, so there's a potential there, the foundation is there for good, healthy relationships. See, broken relationships are the playground for the tactics of the enemy. If you've ever gone through a broken relationship, a broken friendship, a broken marriage, a difficult situation, you know, and again, in this moment, you just want to opt out of all relationships, right? I I don't want to do this again. There's too much pain involved with, with being somebody's friend or getting close to somebody. But again, what needs to supersede that is that God has called us. God has called us to do his word. And the only way that we can do his word is in the context of relationships, friendships. And in the context of the local church, in the context of having friendships with other believers, and we can grow and we can change And we can have all of these wonderful things in our lives that we're going to talk about here in a second. So there's two things that we need to think about in this series. Is that we want to look for some good friends. And then the other part, the other side of that coin, is I need to be a really good friend. See, I mean, it's almost like the the thing that we do um, sometimes in relationship. I need a, you know, you make a list for, this is what single people do. You, You make a list for the spouse that you want. And then so sometimes we do the same thing for the friends that we want. These are all good things to do. But better than that is to actually be something. To become a really good friend. To become somebody who is a godly friend in all 
context. So we're going to see here the Apostle Paul, he dove into relationships. And one of the things that we can see in this portion of Scripture that is very interesting, the Apostle Paul had a lot of relationships that didn't go well. So we can really identify with Paul. But Paul didn't opt out of preaching the gospel, did he? And he got hurt, and this thing happened to him, and this didn't go well, and this relationship went bad. He's, you know, he could have been like, God, what was the point of this call? So many bad things have happened in the context of relationship. But listen to all of the relationships that Paul had. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9. Do your best to come to me, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So there's, there's friend number one. What happened? Didn't go well. Demas deserted him, left him. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Aren't you glad I'm reading this today? Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. Do you hear all of these people that Paul was in? relationship with. Alexander, listen to this. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm and the Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Poor Alexander forever in the scripture here is kind of being a jerk. Now I don't know, Alexander might have repented and he might be in heaven and one day we can talk to him and be like Alexander you're a kind of jerk but I'm glad you made it. Did anybody have any of those people? That were kind of a jerk to you, but you still don't want them to go to hell. Do you know what I'm talking about? That would be a really bad vengeance thing on our part. <laughs> but here, listen, to the, what is Paul recording? All of the relationships that he had didn't actually go well, but then he's got some that are good. Verse 15, beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. So Paul didn't let all of these relationships that went sour from dissuading him to preaching the gospel and being a part of the church. So don't do it. Like I said, I, I've got a bunch of whiny 50-something friends on Facebook. They're whining about the church. And I'm like, grow up and go be what you say everybody else isn't. Show us how to be a good believer. Amen. But don't quit because somebody else was a jerk to you. Jesus wasn't. We follow Jesus. We don't follow the Alexander Coppersmiths of the world. Amen. Never let that be an excuse. Somebody at church hurt me and so I opt out. Grow up. Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now listen, we're people. Greet Priscilla and Aquila of the household of Anisiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth. I left Trophimus, who was ill at Miletus. Do your best to come to me. 
come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you. And Pud- you love all these Bible names. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as does Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers. The Lord be with you. Spirit, grace be with you. See, sometimes we didn't think Paul was a real person. He was writing the scriptures for us, but he was a person that God was using to write all of these things down for us. Had some hard relationships, didn't opt out. Because he also had some really great relationships. And that will be the story of your life. That will be the story of all of our lives. Why? Because we live in a broken planet. People are not going to be perfect. Get used to it. Because you aren't either. You aren't a perfect friend all of the time. Are you? No. So we don't opt out of church. We don't opt out of the gospel. We don't opt out of following Jesus because of people. And we follow Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. In the context of the fivefold ministry gifts who are preaching and ministering to us, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Everybody say grow up. How are we going to grow up? Uh, Speaking the truth in love. Where does speaking the truth in love happen? It happens in relationship. It happens in a place where you're comfortable, uh, you know somebody, you, you have that foundation, you're moving towards Jesus, but then you, you, you have some commonality, but then you know each other and be like, hey, I need to tell you something. Speaking the truth in love, not angry truth, not mean truth, speaking the truth in love so that we can grow up. You can only grow up in the context of relationships in every way into the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together. Together. The church is about togetherness. The gospel brings us together. People from different backgrounds, different places, different races, different creeds, the gospel brings us together. To see this, the tactics of the enemy, can you see it, are to get us disunified, to get us hating each other. But we are not going to fall for it. We're going to be together. We're going to love each other. We're going to care for each other. From whom the whole body joined together by every joint which is equipped, each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds up itself in love. That we will grow, that we will grow up. And we're equipped. We know how I can serve and what I can do at church. When I'm equipped, I can be a blessing to other people. And in the context of the local body, man, we can grow up and we can be changed and we can be transformed and we can learn. All of this happens in the context of relationships. So I'm going to talk today briefly in this last few minutes that I have about getting in the friend zone. Now, the type of friend zone that I'm not talking about is, guys, you know when you're interested in a girl and you're like wanting to take it to the next level? And she responds with... You know, I feel like we just need to be friends. 
I have a couple things to say about that, guys. Don't give up. Life is not over. And there's some ladies in the church that are waiting for you to be courageous. Can I get it? Just an amen. Now, you may get friend-zoned once in a while, but don't quit. Don't give up. Don't go down in your mother's basement and pick up your, your controllers or your video game. Get back in the game. Find yourself a wife. You need a wife, guys. Trust me. You're immature and you're selfish and you need a wife. All right, here we go. I'm not talking about that friend zone. That's a bad friend zone. What we all need to do is get in the good friend zone where we choose really good friends. And then we are really good friends. So I have five C's of choosing good friends and being good friends. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one of the five C's is consistency. For you to have and choose a good friend and then to be a good friend. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. In other words, don't talk a good game. Just show it to me. Show me that you're faithful. Don't tell me that you're faithful. We've had so many people here at the church over the years. They come in. This church is amazing. We love it. We're going to give millions of dollars. And then they're gone three weeks later. And then you have people who come and they serve. And they tithe. For decades. They're just faithful, but they're not, they're not, there's no big game. You have to actually be faithful. Talking about being faithful is meaningless. Being faithful is everything. I'm preaching really good today. I'm just letting you know. First Peter chapter one, verse 22. (laughs) Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart of love, one another constantly. Not intermittently, constantly, faithful. You've got to be faithful. You've got to show up. You've got to show up in your friendships. Proverbs 25, verse 19, confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a bad tooth or a foot out of joint. One translation talks about a broken ankle. In other words, you know, you try to put your foot down and your ankle is broken and Swiss. That's what unfaithful friends are like. Can't depend on them. So people are like, yeah, I know people. You can't depend on them. Great. I, I know them too. What about us? Are we going to be dependable? Are we going to be that faithful friend? Number one, consistency. Number two, candor. Proverbs 27, verse 5. Better is open rebuke. In hidden love, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. See, we need friends that will tell it to us straight. Just speak the truth to us. You know, somebody said it like this, a friend will stab us in the front. That's not stabbing us in the back, not talking about us behind our backs, but just will come and talk to us. Candor, 
Better is open rebuke than hidden love. And that's only going to happen in friendship. And that takes time. It takes commitment. Number three, about the type of friends that we're looking for and the type of friends that we want to be competent. We want to be competent friends. And what I mean by that is you want to be growing. You want to read something. You want to think something. You want to know what's going on in the world. You want to be uh, growing in your career so that you can be an inspiration to other people. Matthew chapter 25, verse 19, here's the expectation in the kingdom of God. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. There's a parable here Jesus was teaching. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more. Master, you have delivered me five talents here. I made five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. In the beginning of the story, the, the, the master had given out talents. This is a measure of money, and it became the word that we use as talent. In other words, the stuff that you're good at. He gave out five, he gave out two, he gave out one. You have talents. Here in this first, this, this person was given five talents. He showed back up and he had five more. You have to add competence to your calling. What God has placed on the inside of you, you need to hone it and grow it. God expects it. God doesn't want you to sit in your basement with what he's given you. He's given you something for a reason and a purpose to be in relationships, to serve, to love, to be a part of his kingdom. Competence. What did his master say? Well done, faithful servant. Verse 22, he said, the one who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you have delivered to me two talents here. I've made two more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. What the person with the two talents didn't do was, I don't have five talents. I can't do anything. I'm not this person. I can't do what they're doing. But you do have something. Be competent with it. His master said, well done again, good and faithful servant. He also had, verse 24, he also had received one talent, came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You know that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At my coming, you would receive my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. What is the expectation in the kingdom of God? Adding competence to your calling. Not doing nothing with what God has given you. God has given you something. When you grow it, and when you shape it, and when you use it, then you can be a competent friend. You can be somebody that will inspire somebody else. And don't you love to get around people like that? And I have a couple friends that every time I get together with them, I'm like, I read this book. I'm like, what's that book? I want to get that book. And I was thinking this thought, and I read this thing. I'm like, I, I need to think that too. 
We need to be competent friends. Number four, counsel. Proverbs 27, verse 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. What is counsel in one sense? It's just being really good advice givers. And this can only, how can you give counsel with somebody if you're not in relationship with somebody? And somebody, again, you're like, this friend, I hear this whole thing and it's great. I just don't know if I have any time. Do you have time to do the thing that God is calling you to do? He wants you to actually be a friend with somebody who needs your counsel, who needs your wisdom. Because there's a bunch of us that need help, right? We need the wisdom of those that have gone before us. I'm constantly talking to my dad and be like, here's the thing, I'm going to talk about this. All of decades of experience, I would be stupid not to go for wise counsel. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, one who is a righteous guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. This is what I want to be. These are the type of friends that I'm looking for. What? A righteous guide. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. How are we going to do that without being in relationships? Somebody in, in church today, somebody at home watching today, it needs to be encouraged. And this is for everybody. This is not just me. This is for all of us to be encouragers. Number five, care. Did you get all of those? I'll give them to you again. Consistency, candor, competence, counsel. Finally, care. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25. That there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. See, here's the calling for the church. That we would care for each other. And how will we know if somebody's going through something that needs care unless you're in a relationship? See, again, so many people in church have just opted out. It's like, I don't have time. I don't have time for relationships. And they go through something and then nobody knows. How will somebody care for you unless they know what you're going through? But then, how will you be in relationship, be close enough with someone to tell them what you're going through unless you invest the time? In relationships. Last verse. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. Bear one another's burdens so that you fulfill the law of Christ. So how are we going to do that? If we never see anybody. If we never talk to anybody. If we never text anybody. If we never DM anybody. To bear one another's burdens. See, listen. Real friends are friends in spite of our idiosyncrasies and our problems. They don't run when things get hard. 
They help us carry our burdens. So I was like, yeah, I need that. We all need that. You know where we need to start? We need to be that. We need to be that type of friend. When somebody's going through something, we're not running for the hills. Let's build healthy, God-honoring friendships so we can accomplish all that God has called us to do. Let's just pray today. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of friendship in our lives. God, we pray that you help us build honest and close relationships with others. God, we purpose to be all who have called us to be in the context of relationships and friendships. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you have never taken a first step in your relationship with God by saying yes to Jesus, the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus making a way for us to have a relationship with God. And all you have to do is say yes. Just as the starting point, we live a lifelong journey of following Jesus, but you need to start that journey. So I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. If you have never started that journey, never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you're watching online, you pray along with us as well. So let's all bow our heads, close our eyes, church. Let's pray this out loud. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. And you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my Father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I turn from my own ways and I turn to yours. I thank you for salvation today. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's congratulate those people that did that today. Hey, if that is you this morning and you are here in the room, uh, one of our team members is there at the info desk in the lobby. They actually have some materials that they would love to put into your hand that will help you on your journey of faith. Like I said, this is a journey. It's not just a one-time moment. If you're watching us online, there's a place for you to click request prayer. Go ahead and click that. One of our team members will connect with you and get you the same materials that we have here available in the building. Thank you so much for being in the room with us today. Thank you so much for joining us online. Have an amazing afternoon. Have a great week of building some relationships. You are dismissed.